everybody. How's it going? Welcome to Sully's Two Cents, the Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. This is episode four. This is a mailbag episode. The uh, Sully's Two Cents Dynasty Football Podcast is a proud member of the Aroto Heat family of podcasts. So first and foremost, I'd uh, I'd like to apologize for my voice. I uh, got up off my ass and off the couch and went to a concert last night. So it's a little rough. It's a little scratchy. But uh, like all pros, I'll play hurt and I'll uh, I'll power through. So. Uh, not not a lot going on uh, in the NFL over the last uh, little while since we chatted. Uh, we have Russell Wilson who's working to restructure his deal. He's looking to uh, be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, and I'm thinking that's a deal that's probably going to get done. Uh, Zach Ertz has restructured his deal to free up some cap space for the Eagles. That helps them. They need that. Uh, other news, you have uh, Adam Thielen, uh, four-year extension. Uh, $64 million, uh, a deal that the Vikings probably had to make based on uh, what he's done there and what he means to that organization. So, um, yeah, all in all, some minor things. Cooper Cup looks like he's uh, recovering well, which is excellent. So um, a little quiet as we're about a couple of weeks out from the draft. So let's get right to our questions uh, via Facebook. Ryan Ives, the uh, the namesake, the, the, the man who created the name Sully's Two Cents uh, for this podcast. So Thanks to Ryan for that. His question is, what's your temperature on Allen Robinson and Miller in Chicago this year? And do you see either one of them stepping up? And which two has a better season, uh, in your opinion? Well, first of all, I, I like both of them. And if I had to pick between them, I'm, I'm going to take Miller rather easily here based on what I perceive the value of the two to be. So honestly, I don't see either stepping up that much. Uh, if there's a player to take a step, I believe it is Miller. I believe he's going to be targeted a little bit more on the slot in that offense. The kid's got an amazing work ethic. He's uh, apparently healthy. His shoulder is fine. So I like him uh, over A-Rob. The reason I want Miller, um, and I've acquired him in a few leagues, it's not really so much for this year. It's year three and beyond. I really think this kid has the potential to be a very solid receiver in any offense that he's in. And in the offense that he's in, he should benefit. I think A-Rob is a solid addition to your team. Um, It feels like he should be like 30, 31 years old, but the reality is the dude's still just 25 years old. Any wide receiver with a 1,400-yard season with uh, 14 TDs on his resume deserves a bit of respect. So uh, Mitchell Trubisky has the ability to consistently get to the, or sorry, does Mitch Trubisky have the ability to consistently get the ball to A-Rob when he needs it? Uh, that's where I'm con- That's where I'm kind of conflicted there. So, you know, you look at Robinson right now, he's ranked 48th overall, 25th among receivers. His ADP is 47th in the but, you know, the bottom of the fourth round, probably a fair value for him. 13 games last season, uh, 55 catches, 754 yards, and four scores on 94 targets. Miller, I believe, is a bit more of a value. He's ranked 99th wide receiver, 46th at ADP 82. He's in the bottom of the seventh round. Um, that's a pretty low-risk investment in a startup for someone who has the potential uh, to be a solid, I believe, wide receiver, two at some point in his career. All right, so moving on, our next question is from Mark Charbonneau. Uh, if you were to redraft the 2018 rookies in a 1QB league, what order do you place them in, biggest riser and biggest faller? Well, this is a question that's been asked to me before, and the reality is is this is a little hard to do, so I've been avoiding it because it's been a lot of homework for me. But uh, the reality is uh, it's hard to find what the consensus top 12 for rookies drafted last year were. So went on to a bunch of different places and kind of compiled a top 10 that consists of, obviously, Saquon Barkley was 1-1 last year. 
Uh, it looks like Royce Freeman, Sony Michelle, Carrion Johnson, and Darius Geis kind of rounded out the top five. So if I'm redoing that based on what I know, Saquon is definitely 1-1 um, one, one with a bullet. I'm going to slide Nick Chubb up to 1-2. I think that uh, Nick had a great year last year, and the potential for him in a loaded offense is exceptional. DJ Moore jumps up to number three. I just love this kid. I think he's going to be a target hog in Carolina this year and going forward. They've done nothing really to replace Devin Funches in that offense. They may draft a wide receiver, but we know that rookie wide receivers are going to take a little while to develop. So uh, number four, Carrion Johnson. I'm a huge Carrion Johnson fan. I believe that uh, he's in a good spot. His workload should increase even though they have added C.J. Anderson in Detroit. I still believe that uh, Carrion is the man there and will deliver good results. Number five, I have moved Calvin Ridley up. Uh, I believe that, uh, you know, I don't think his touchdowns from last season are necessarily sustainable, but I do believe that his target share will continue to increase year over year in that Falcons offense. All right, so back to how was it drafted in 2018. You got the bottom of that draft. DJ Moore went six. Rashad Penny went seven. Ronald Jones, eight. Chubb at nine. Ridley at 10. Baker Mayfield at 11. And Cortland, Sut Cortland Sutton rounded out the top 12. If I'm redrafting it, I'm going to take Sony Michelle at six. Uh, I, I just like the guy. I think he's got a, a really good opportunity in that Patriots offense. I also feel as though what's understated and kind of muted in his game is his ability to catch the football. And I believe starting in 2019, you'll see Sony catching more balls out of that backfield and being that much more relevant in that offense. Darius Geis, uh, a lost season last year. I have him at seven. I do believe that he, if he is able to come back from a complicated uh, rehab, I believe that he's in a good spot. Even though the offense isn't that talented, guys should see uh, plenty of work and potentially be a three down back there. At number eight, I have Rashad Penny. Still believe that Rashad Penny will be the man in Seattle. I know that Chris Carson isn't going anywhere anytime soon, but I do believe you see Penny's workload start to increase in 2019. Really liked what I saw from him last year in the limited amount of work that he had. Baker Mayfield will be my ninth uh, rookie off the board if I was redrafting again. Sky's a limit for Baker in that offense, especially with the addition of Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Jarvis Landry's still there. You have uh, David Njoku at tight end. There's, it's a very, all of a sudden, a very star-studded and loaded offense. One of the guys I really have jumping up is Dante Pettis comes in at number 10 for me. I absolutely love this kid. I've talked to him about, about him on previous uh, podcasts. Last one in my buy-sell, he was a buy. I believe he has tons of upside and value. He's going to get Jimmy back. And uh, I really think you'll see him take a step forward in 2019 and then an even bigger step in 2020. Anthony Miller, who I touched on in the last question, is my 111. And I'll round out my rookie draft with Philip Lindsay. So the biggest risers, obviously, Philip Lindsay. I don't believe that he was drafted in most rookie drafts. And if he did, he was probably a fourth round uh, draft choice. And now he sits at the bottom of round one. So that's an incredible uh, move up. And Dante Pettis, from where I'm selecting him, he's up 12 spots. So... Uh, biggest fallers, uh, clearly it's Ronald Jones Jr. He was at eight, and I believe he'll be an Uber driver in a year or two. So that would be my redo of the 2018 rookie draft. Thank you for that question, Mark. Moving on, we have Sean Coffey, Roto Heat's own Sean Coffey, coming in with a couple of questions for me. What current potential first or second round pick not named Tyreek Hill do you think will take the biggest fall approaching this season? That's a good question. I think the draft has the potential to impact current top 24 ADPs. 
So if the Rams go out and draft a uh, running back of significance, the dynasty world will basically lose their shit in thinking that there is something of some severity with Todd Gurley and his knee, and he will drop more than he already has. Um, Antonio Brown at 20 could slide basically because he's a dick and the way he's been acting lately. There's not a whole lot of guys that I know want to draft him under their their teams right now. Uh, Hill, as you mentioned, for obvious reasons, although at 22, currently he's the bargain of the draft, in my opinion. I don't believe that there's anything coming uh, to Tyreek in terms of discipline. So if you can get him at the back of the second round in a startup, you are laughing. Sean's second question is, where do you have Jarvis Landry ranked amongst wide receivers? Well, I'm struggling with Jarvis Landry this offseason in a big, bad way. I own him in a lot of spots, as everybody knows that I like him. So where do I have him ranked? I have him ranked at 18th in the wide receiver rankings, but he is ranked number one in my heart. I won't lie, I really have no idea what the addition of Odell Beckham Jr. to the Browns offense means for Jarvis Landry. In the end, I think this might benefit him. Uh, I think he should be able to see less and less doubles that he saw last year. Uh, I own both Beckham and Jarvis on the same roster in my main dynasty league. I've decided that I'm shopping Jarvis Landry, but I got to tell you, based on what I've been offered and what I've been seeing and what I've been asking and what I've been getting in return, I'm going to end up holding on to Jarvis and carrying him into the season, hoping for the, for the best. I would prefer to diversify my roster. Um, but yeah, I just don't. I just don't really have any vested interest in any offense, multiples in any offense, regardless of how good I think it might be. Just like to mitigate my risk and uh, lower the number of guys in one offense. But at the end of the day, to answer your question, Sean, and thanks for it, Jarvis is number 18 in my rankings right now. I was high on him as a wide receiver one last year. This year, I believe he has a good wide receiver two opportunity. Our next question comes from Andrew DeFord. Will Freeman be a better pickup than the overhyped Lindsay? Well, Andrew, it would, would, would appear by the wording of your question that you've, uh, you've already answered this one. But uh, in all seriousness, I do feel that Lindsay is a prime candidate from, for some regression. Uh, last episode, in episode three, I listed him as a sell for a multitude of different reasons. As far as Freeman goes, I, I believe that he's undervalued. The public is sour on him due to injury concerns, knee injuries, concussion history. Um, but I, I don't see him being you know, challenged for any workload in that offense. I don't believe Edo Smith is really going to eat into it very much. Uh, Freeman is the man in that offense, and he has, has Dirk Cutter back as his offensive coordinator. That'll greatly benefit him as well. His best seasons, he had Dirk as his OC. So I think that there's some comfort there and some, some familiarity in that offense. And Freeman's going to come back with some fresh legs ready to rock and roll in 2019. Chris Martin. Uh, Chris asked us our first question on our last mailbag episode, so uh, nice to have you back in here again, Chris. I appreciate your questions. Uh, five last-minute sells uh, sell highs before the NFL draft. Uh, I base these solely on their current uh, Dynasty League football ADP. First one would be Adam Thielen. He's uh, 33rd overall, wide receiver 14. I know that uh, number 19 just signed himself a nice four-year contract extension. I do believe, however, and I've touched on this in previous podcasts as well, the Vikings offense is going to kind of morph into more what Zimmer wanted the offense to be last year, and that's run the football more. There is certainly still some offensive line concerns in Minnesota. I do believe that will be addressed in the draft. At least, God, I hope it's addressed in the draft. As a result, I think Adam Thielen is the guy that's going to see a little bit of a, of a drop in his 
relevance in that offense. He's still going to be a highly targeted man. I just believe you'll see his targets be more like the second half of last year than the first half of last year. My second sell is Le'Veon Bell, currently ADP 24, running back 12. I've been pretty vocal on my concerns of Le'Veon in that Jets offense and his overall talent level as a whole. I believe that Le'Veon is probably a 15th, 16th running back. I believe that uh, if you have him and you can sell him based on me being not very popular with that opinion, your return for Le'Veon should be quite good. Third guy is Derrick Henry. ADP 42, running back 17. I know that the Titans have come out and said that Derrick Henry is going to be the focal part of that offense, and honestly, I don't really care. Uh, Derrick Henry, for the longest time, was a plotter and not doing anything, and then he had a big three-week span to dramatically increase his value. The reality is, before he ran for, I don't know what it was, it was a couple hundred yards and three or four touchdowns, he was running back 54 overall coming into that week. So, uh, obviously, that monster game, and I believe he followed it up the next week with another uh, big game, not as many touchdowns, but also massive yardage. Those are dramatically going to move you up the running back ranks. And fantasy and dynasty owners tend to have a bit of a short memory, so they will remember what happened towards the end of the season versus what happened in previous seasons or earlier on in that season. So I believe that Derrick Henry, although will be a decent running back 2-3, to three, at running back 17 is overvalued, and I'm selling hard there. Cortland Southern is Cortland Sutton. I'm having trouble with that name today. Is number four uh, on my sell list. He's 60th overall, wide receiver 30. I think he's in a really tough spot in that offense. I think he's going to disappoint his owners. He may have some value holding on to as he is pretty young, and this is his second season. We'll see where the uh, the Broncos go from here after this year. I think Flacco's a one and done there, so I don't see Sutton having any real upside anytime soon. Wide receiver 30. I'm going to punt on him and sell that. My last sell is basically a group of guys, and that's my 2019 draft picks. At this point, pre-landing spot, the ADPs of the rookie class, when you look at it in startup, is ridiculously overvalued right now. If you can get someone to pay those prices, uh, you will benefit. So I'd, uh, I'd wait, though, if you're going to sell those guys till as close to the draft, your rookie drafts as you can. Uh, the landing spot may impact your desire to sell or not. And typically what you'll see in terms of acquiring draft choices or selling draft choices is the hype of the draft and the rookie draft gets uh, increases the value of those picks as you get closer to your own rookie draft. So if you're going to sell your 2019 picks, which I think is a good idea, hang on tight, wait a couple more weeks, and I think your value will be maximized. Our last question this week is from Travis Giovadoni. Thank you, sir. Uh, Travis and I play in a few leagues together, and it's a pleasure getting a question from you. How do you rank, or sorry, how do you how do your rankings change for this year's group of rookies when you go from a PPR to a super flex? Assuming QBs move up quite a bit, but wondering where Murray, Haskins, and Locke get ranked in both formats. It's a great question, Travis. Thanks for it again. Uh, typically, what I see is the transition from one QB to super flex leagues dramatically inflates the QB's value, which is pretty obvious, um, and it in turn it decreases the value of all other positional players. In a one QB league. Kyler Murray is currently ranked at number 20, Haskins at 25, and Locke at 33. Now, those are just basic vacuum rankings. I do think that your leagues obviously are going to be more specific uh, in how those guys go off the board. So if you have teams in your league that are quarterback hunting, they're probably going to go a little earlier than a little bit later. I do think that you'll start to see Murray go at the end of the first round in one QB leagues, and those other guys start to go in the mid to latter part of round two. Again, league-specific. 
Uh, Haskin and Locke, I like them, but they're nowhere near Murray as, as, as a value at this point in time. Um, all QB values are tied to Murray. So when he goes, then I think the others go. So if Kyler goes at 1-3 in a 1QB league, your other quarterback needy owners may panic and take him sooner than they want. But I do believe that Kyler goes probably around 110, 111 in most rookie drafts this year. Then when you go over to Superflex, I think it's a totally different story. I really think Kyler could go 1-1. I own the first overall pick in the Superflex league that you and I play in, Travis, and I'm seriously considering making that selection. I also see Haskins and Locke going in, in the first round of Superflex leagues towards the back of those drafts as well. Uh, if there was ever a year to overinflate the quarterback value, this might be the year with the muted talent at other positions, especially the running back position. Personally, when it comes to quarterbacks, I'm going to lean and take Drew Locke over Haskins. I just think he has the ability to have a better pro career, and I would not sleep on Will Greer. Will Greer is not getting a whole lot of love right now, but based on where Will Greer lands, in my opinion, he could end up being a great draft pick based on his value in this year's rookie drafts. All right, so that wraps up another mailbag episode, the questions and answer period of it. Again, appreciate you guys uh, sticking with me and hanging in here with my raspy uh, voice this week. So we'll uh, we'll keep coming at you. We all have another regular podcast episode early in the week, and then we'll follow it back up with another mailbag episode. This one's probably a little bit shorter than, uh, than the other ones have been, but uh, it is what it is, and I appreciate everyone's questions. I look forward to coming back at you with episode five with an undetermined subject matter at this point, and then episode six will be another mailbag episode. So enjoy the rest of your weekend. Sit back, grab a cold one, watch the Masters, and we will talk to you all soon. Take care, guys.